Welcome to this edition of Parenting on Purpose. I'm your host, Tori Roberts, and today we have the amazing privilege of hearing from three awesome people that are involved in the Next Gen Ministry, actually run the Next Gen Ministry of Ocean View Baptist Church. So I'm going to have them each introduce themselves to you, and then we are going to roll on some very fun topics. So Kaylee, I'm going to start with you. Okay. Hey, everyone. Uh, my name is Kaylee Kennedy, and I'm the kids director here at Ocean View. So I make all things happen for birth to fifth grade, and I love every minute of it. So how long have you been in the ministry, and kind of what was your journey to this point? Yes, I have been in the ministry journey since I was about 18 years old. Uh, I started as an intern when I felt uh, called to uh, by the Lord to start in kids ministry. Just wanted to explore it. And I moved through with our previous church from an intern to being part-time on staff to graduating from college and becoming full-time. Awesome. Awesome. So we're going to start with her husband next because he's here too. Yeah. Hi. I am Justin Kennedy, and uh, I am the student pastor here at Ocean View. And I'm guessing you want me to answer kind of the same thing, right? I would right? love How it. How long I've been in ministry I and would all love that. it. Um, so I've been in, uh, ministry in some capacity for about 11 years. Uh, my freshman year of college, I met this, uh, wonderful lady sitting across from me. Not that y'all can see that we're sitting across from each other, but that is our current, uh, situation here. Um, and, uh, I started going to her church and her pastor, uh, not long after I got there and after we started dating, uh, basically said to me, hey, I have a vision to uh, split our student ministry into middle school and high school, and I want you to be a middle school pastor. I was in school to be a music educator at that point, and I was like, I have no idea how to do any of that. And it's like, that's okay, we'll teach you. And so uh, I kind of started as an intern, part-time, full-time, kind of your generic uh, ministry journey there, and uh, then eventually found my way to uh, Ocean View. Awesome. Awesome. And how long have you been at Ocean View? I've been at Ocean View for almost three years now. Wow. So a lot of pandemic exposure there. Yes. Yes. Awesome. So our next special fabulous guest, go ahead. Hey. <laughs> Uh, my name's Aaron Bauer. I am the Next Gen Pastor here at Ocean View. So I oversee our kids and student ministries, which in case you haven't figured out, is Kaylee and her husband, Justin. <laughs> so sometimes I also act as marriage counselor. Fabulous. Those are always good. Uh, Referee. Yeah. Because we're all in the same office together. Oh, that's great. Which was my mistake. <laughs> so, so there you go. Okay. So tell yeah. us a little bit about your ministry journey. Um... That's a long one. Um, I'm 38, and it started when I was 17. Okay. So I feel like it's a really long, I'll keep it concise. But basically, I graduated high school not knowing what I was doing for the summer. I went to breakfast with my mom, and uh, she worked at a church, at our church, and a friend of hers that also worked at the church. And before we left breakfast, I had a job working at a kids' camp for a summer. Wow. And so I ended up working there two summers while I was in college. And while I was in college, I also served at a kids' ministry with uh, the church that I was attending while I was there, and then interned at the church that I grew up in at some point in, in college, and meandered my way through, uh, not really sure what I was doing. I majored in English and 
minored in student ministry. And uh, while I was doing theater stuff after college, um, I got a call from my pastor who was planting a church down in Raleigh, North Carolina. And he said, hey, why don't you just come down? I can't pay you but do you want to do kids ministry? Oh, fabulous. <laughs> yeah. As many people, you know, like yes. there's a lot like that. So, <laughs> so I did that. Not really sure what was happening. I just knew it was the right thing to do, what God was calling me to do. And, uh, I was there for about 11 years and wow. then came to ocean view about, uh, five years ago, a little over five years ago. But, um, in Raleigh, I, that's where I just learned so much and God really grew me, uh, to have a love for kids and students and the people who lead them and their parents. And then, uh, became a next gen pastor there, and then and then moved that uh, gifting here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, the reason why we um, have you guys with us today is because you are working with children of all ages and all varieties all the time, and so I feel like you have a lot of valuable input to share with our families that listen and just our parents. So um, maybe we'll start with you, Kaylee. If you could say just from what you've observed over the past few years, um, just with the way the culture is and with everything going on with families, if you could tell parents maybe one thing, what do you think that you would tell them? Um, I think this is a really interesting question. I think that when I first started out in ministry, I was young and not married and didn't have any kids, and I would have said one thing. And then I had a child four and a half years ago, and I might be saying something different, um, it's just interesting how when you become a parent, everything shifts. But from this perspective of being a parent, but also being a ministry leader that works with kids and families, I think one thing that has kind of been weighing on me lately, just in my heart, I've been thinking about this a lot, is that parents truly have the greatest influences on their child. We, we are the ones that can truly speak into our kids' lives. We spend the most time with them, um, biblically speaking, you know, I believe that we're called to uh, shepherd our kids' hearts and lead them well. And I think that's a great gift that God has bestowed on us as parents. So I just think it's to remember that parents have a great opportunity to truly influence their kids. And so how we utilize the time we have with them, whether it's bedtime, riding in the car, playing at the house eating meals together, just how we utilize each of those little moments to, to truly influence our kids. How would we do that positively? Like maybe give us an example of how you would do that at bedtime. Yeah, I think one thing that we love to incorporate at bedtime is, you know, before, as you're winding down, you're kind of reflecting on your day. That's often when little thoughts come to their minds and they might, you know, bring up something that happened that day. Um, whether it was with a friend, like we often hear a story, our son's in preschool, so take this with a grain of salt. It's coming from a pre- preschooler's perspective, but he may have had a hardship on the playground. And so in those moments where we're calming down, preparing him for bed, you know, he may bring something up that happened at school that day. And so we really try to lean in um, to those small moments where he's saying, you know, I had a friend that hurt my feelings today. And we're like, okay, well, well, what can we do about that? Like, what should we do about that? And um, for us, you know, we always try to bring it back to scripture of, you know, God calling us to love others, but just using those moments to say, um, you know, when friends hurt our feelings, we we do need to do something about it, you know, talk to them, let them know, you know, hey, I didn't love when you said that about me, but also forgiving them and, you know, moving forward in love and kindness. So we just really try to take those small moments. We try to incorporate um, devotion times into our bedtimes. 
routine. So before we even start our routine, we kind of gather as a family and do like a short devotion. Um, and then we'll go through the reading of the books and, and you know, the all prolonged the bedtime experience. <laughs> the drinks of water. Yes, and the bathrooms <laughs> and all the prolonged experience. But, um, yeah, just small moments like that. So what I'm hearing you say is that we need to be engaged enough in our children to kind of be aware that those are happening. Because yes. I think sometimes it's so easy for us to get busy that we miss those moments. Yes. So just be watching for them. Absolutely. And yeah, just to be present. I feel like what you just said is exactly it. like being present in all of the moments, trying not to be distracted. And it's hard. Mm-hmm. I have to, <laughs> we constantly have to remind each other like, hey, be present in this moment with him um, because time is going rapidly. Yes. Yeah. So Aaron, what would you say to that question? If you could share with your ministry experience and the things that you've seen, it, what would you say to parents? Um, save more money. (laughs) But, I mean, no. Uh, You know, that's a great, great question. And it's, you know, it's not really, you can't really limit it to just one thing, right? Like we would all, you could ask a thousand parents that and they'd probably have a thousand different things to say. But from my my seat and just kind of the overarching um, thing that's been very consistent over, you know, Twenty years of working with kids and students is, I think every kid needs other trusted voices in their life that are not mom and dad. Okay. Um, but that mom and dad, no, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I know I had adults in my life who would, and there's really two reasons why I'll, I'll explain it, but. I had adults in my life who would see things in me mm-hmm. and would point out things in my life that were true or mm-hmm. things that I needed to change or uh, whatever. And I would come home and I would relay this great revelation that, you know, somebody had revealed to me, either whether it was from church or school mm-hmm. or whatever. And, of course, uh, my mom or dad would, they would just be like, yeah, we've been, we've been saying that. Like, we, we've been telling you that. And it's like, no, no, no. This is different, right? But it, it clicks different. And so every kid needs that. And then also, I think parents in general, all of us who are parents, we have blind spots with our kids. Yes. Um, and we don't know everything. We like to think we are involved. We like to think we're keeping up with stuff. But, you know, every, every set of kids that kind of comes up, like they have their own new things. Mm-hmm. And one of the benefits of being in ministry and serving with kids and students is you get to see a lot of kids and students and you really see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And when you only look at your kids, you don't get a full picture. So you're saying like current trends with things that kids are struggling yeah, with. Trends. Things that they're doing. Yeah, like, things they're doing, things they're involved with. I mean, even just look at social media yeah. landscape, how fast <laughs> it changes. Yes, daily. And and I've talked with parents like, oh, we, we block things on there. I'm like, no, you don't. You have no idea. Uh, you you have limited their access, but they have figured it out. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are things you don't even know about. <laughs> and so um, that, that blind spot that we all have and have, has always existed because we love our kids. We want to believe the best in them, but we need to be objective. And so we need other voices in our kids' life that can help us be objective, but that will also point out the, the good things we don't see, that will come to them with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. Because over time, as our kids get older, we build up our own perspective of 
what we perceive them to be and we are we might write off things that they're really good at as just well that's just normal for them Mm -hmm. and we excuse it as just who they are in a very small kind of slight way and and we focus on the things that they're not doing or the things that they should be doing or whatever and we need another adult who's going to tell us as parents to say man your kid is really good at this your kid is so good at being kind to others your kid is so good at basketball Mm -hmm. your kid is like tell us the things that we would not see otherwise Mm -hmm. so our kids need a clean slate and we need that because we have blind spots so if i'm a parent sitting here and maybe my child doesn't have that in their life where would i find that so this is where uh a partnership really matters. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a parent and I'm looking, I'm like, man, my kid doesn't have another trusted adult voice in their in their life, or maybe they have adult voices and I just don't know who they are. Um, I would say one, start with you know, if you're a part of a local church, like that's a great spot. If you're not part of a local church, that's a great spot. Like so, mm-hmm. there are uh, adults who give up their time and volunteer their hours every week just because they love kids. And if your kid enters that environment, guess what? They're going to be loved. Mm -hmm. And um, that's the best thing. Obviously, schools are a great resource for parents as well. Your teachers, you know, want the best for your kid's education just like you do. But Mm -hmm. that requires participation from you as a parent Mm -hmm. in both instances. So uh, look at where your kids already are. Look at what they're interested in. And then partner with the adults who are already speaking into their world. Mm -hmm. And together, you're going to have a much greater influence. Mm -hmm in their life. Yeah. And I feel like that's also important because you also are then going to find out where those adults are. You know, you maybe right. have somebody that's speaking into your kid's life, not necessarily in the best way. Right. So like, it's really important to be involved. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where you kind of get to see what is the influence like. I had a friend who, uh, his daughter was doing gymnastics and by getting more involved, found out that the influence that his daughter had was not the best influence and the words that they were using the way they would talk to kids and about other kids or about other family and so then it challenges you to really say all right what matters more the environment that my kid is is growing up in or that they're the best gymnasts and and you make decisions based on that and you allow your kids to be a part of that too Mm -hmm. so they grow through that as well. All right, I have a thought to add with that. I love everything Aaron was saying. And kind of just to piggyback off that is uh, we actually had a really cool, I've through a, a leadership, a, like I think a blog I was reading or something, but it was just a really cool example of a, like one very strategic way you can do it. I feel like sometimes parents have to be a little stealthy with, you know, sometimes it's like, you know. <laughs> well, that's, the kids are stealthy. The kids so. are stealthy, so we might have to be stealthy too. But one parent that was very intentional about how they rallied other adults around their kids was that they purposely picked out five adults. Hmm. And they, the, the, I believe the children knew it and the adults knew it. They all knew they were working together. But basically the parent went to those five adults and said, hey, would you agree to pour into my child over X amount of time, whether it's a year high, or all of high school or whatever it was? And then at the end of their senior year, as part of their graduation celebration, they got to have a dinner where the where the child, the parents, and those five adults, key adults, all went together and had dinner. And they just shared, they like poured into that that student and said all the great things they've seen them grow and and do and experience. And it was very strategic, but I've, I've always thought that was a cool example of how you could very intentionally put you know a village around your child. Um, and obviously, you know we're not we're all in ministry here. We've already expressed that. So our heartbeat is that parents would choose 
to partner with us, echoing what Aaron said, is that's we couldn't want anything more than that mm-hmm. for parents to say, hey, I do want to know who's who's showing up each week to be with my student or child on a Sunday. I want to get to know them. That makes our hearts leap mm-hmm. with joy. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. And that's one of the things that um, I feel like this church does a good job in. They have something called neighborhood groups. Um, and I know not, obviously not every church has that, but um, you know, some churches have small groups or community groups or whatever they call them. But it's basically essentially people that do life, life together. Um, and I think those are great places to mm-hmm. find people that can pour into your children that have, you know, the same belief system as you do and just can really be another voice speaking for Christ into their lives. So on that same note, like my son, we moved here five years ago mm-hmm. um, and he is now eight. He was three at the time. His small group leaders from Sunday have stayed with him every single year. Wow. So... If they're not here on a Sunday, it's like a big deal for him. Like they need to, and they'll they'll let us know in advance so we can know. prep him. They're like, hey, tell Graham he's like we're not there today. And so, but but they they can speak into him and into his world. And and the great thing is they're also in our neighborhood group, and so so we have great conversations about him. And so they're very invested in his life, and I'm I am very thankful yeah. uh, for them. That's... And uh, yeah, I hope they keep going with him. Yeah, so. <laughs> That's great. So maybe at his graduation dinner. They yeah, they, would, they, would, they would be there for they sure. Would be there. They're, they're not here. We'll fly. They're already yeah. invited. We're, we're, they're in. Yeah. All right, Pastor Justin, if you could say one thing to parents, what would you say? Well, first, I deal with teenagers. <laughs> and, you know, there's a special time in a young man's life. <laughs> Where he starts to develop smells. <laughs> and so, ladies. Don't leave out the ladies there. You know. You know, that's, it's a both. I'll that's, say it. That's very, that's very true. But I, I guess I just have more experience on, on the, uh, <laughs> the guy side of things. You know, them playing basketball. Mm-hmm. Staying in a cabin at camp with oh, yeah. him. Uh, I'm allergic to bad smells. So, <laughs> you know, the deodorant is, is one of my favorite things to, uh, to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I mean, on a serious note, you know, I kind of, uh, I kind of go back to my childhood because like Kaylee said, you know, we're still relatively new to the whole parent side of thing. Even mm-hmm. though we've been in ministry, you know, 11, 12 years, we've been around kids. We've never had a kid of our own. And so, you know, the more you deal with your own child, the more your perspective changes. Yes. But um, as I kind of reflect on my own childhood, I look at the things me and my brother were into. Uh, my brother played baseball and football, American football. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents know about those two things. So it's very easy for them to, you know, go to those games, be involved, cheer, and, you know, know what's going on. Me, on the other hand, in elementary and middle school, I played basketball. They somewhat knew about, but mm-hmm. then uh, later in my teenage years, I got more into band and playing instruments. I got more into theater, uh, playing soccer, uh, and my parents know absolutely nothing about those things. And it would have been really easy for them to disengage Mm -hmm. because I had several friends like on my soccer team that their parents knew nothing about the sport they never came to a single game because they thought it was boring Mm -hmm. um and even the games where I was on the bench 
and never played a single minute. My parents were there. Um, my parents took time. I don't know about band. I don't know why they march around on a football field <laughs> during halftime. None of us really do. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, fun. You know. It's fun to watch. Yes. Yeah. Dancing it, with instruments, sort of. It's basically, hot. yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, when your when your son plays the the largest instrument on the field, at least it's easy to spot him. Um, Are you tuba? saying you were a tuba player? A tuba, yes. Wow, yeah. things that we didn't know. Yes, there interesting. You go. And I was the only one, so it was really easy to pick <laughs> me out. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so they at least knew where I was on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that, uh, you know, they they came to every competition. Uh, they did their best to support. The, the band and so you know I would just say don't be afraid to learn a new sport or learn a new um, hobby that your child is into um, it's, you, in, it's interesting like I think that makes me think of um, <laughs> you know we're currently we're I've got middle school and a fifth, yeah. fifth grader so we're very all about the video games right now. So it's it's hysterical, like, if there's ever a time where I jump onto one of their video games and I know <laughs> yeah. nothing. You know, like, I'm, I'm like, running into walls because I can't get my character to turn, and they just That's think it's hysterical. Like, they just think it's so much fun, and they want me to play even though I'm horrible. Yeah. And they, like, follow me around to make sure I don't die and things like that. So, <laughs> I, I mean, even little things. Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. Right now they're into video games, so mom does video games even though she knows nothing. Right. No, I, I, I mean, same thing. You know, my mom... Uh, we'd be playing Mario Kart. Yes. My mom was terrible at Mario Kart, <laughs> and she would much rather play a board game because that's what she's good at, or at least she at least you know she cheats. Oh wow! To where she's good at. Wow, those games. you just threw her under the bus. I did throw her under the bus, <laughs> uh, but she knows she does it, so it's all good. Um, we're very competitive. We all like to win in our family. Okay. Yep. But anyway, she'd be crashing into, you know, the side, constantly having to be picked back up onto the track. But she did it because it's what her boys like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, Boy moms. Yeah. 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 We, get, yeah. we uh, I mean, the other thing that I'm hearing you say is that it doesn't necessarily matter that you're, you're good at what your kid is into. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's just kind of, it, it speaks to them that you're willing to, to do it and look like an idiot. You know what yep. I mean? Because you're joining them in what they're doing yes. versus going in because I know how to do this. And I know for me as a perfectionist, sometimes I have a hard time looking ridiculous. So it's, that's a, it's a good yeah. thing to know. And I, I think also like too that, you know, as parents, sometimes we feel like, especially in the teenage years, uh, Oh, my kid doesn't want me around them. You know, my kid doesn't, uh, you know, my kid would never want me to play a video game with them. Yeah, they do. Um, They may not always show it, but they want to know that their parents love them. Mm -hmm. uh, And their parents are noticing what they're doing and the accomplishments um, that they're achieving. Mm -hmm. So... Be there and kind of going back to what Kaylee said, be present in those moments and present enough to understand like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And kind of to what Aaron was saying, you know, uh, my soccer coach was someone that my parents entrusted to speak into me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the more you get into those things, the more you know, kind of all these things work together. Um, and it 
really is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, I was even thinking when you said, you know, that you're still an influence. I, I do I do think that research shows that parents are still the number one influence even in their teenagers' lives, yeah. even though yeah. you don't feel like it or think it. They're right. still that number one influence. And that's just because, again, you're viewing them through your own lens. Right. And you get all the attitude and all the angst and all the things, right? But at the end of the day... They still love you. Like yeah. you're, you're still, you're the one that's there at graduation. Right. You're the one that's there for their wedding day. If they get married, you're the one they're gonna call when something bad happens. You're the first call always. So that 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 does not change. Yeah. You're the one that's hopefully communicating that unconditional love. Right. And you're the constant. Yeah. So, anything else before we close out? Anything else silly other than like you know hygiene and things <laughs> like that? <laughs> anything else that you would say to parents? Oh, goodness. That's just, if you have multiple kids, it's so different. And if you have multiple kids, you already know that. But giving each one their own space and time to be with you is so important. Yes. And, uh, you know, so being interested in one kid's things, great. My my kids are all interested <laughs> in different things. My son is all about science and history right now and that's a lot he's taught me a lot about uh the cold war and world <laughs> war one and two in the last month than and wait tell, you have to tell us how learned. old he is because that's he's eight yes and it's, very, he, it's quite impressive it is impressive he's been reading all about things like that so that's his world right now and then my daughters are all music and theater well my youngest is three and so yeah. she's just imagination from the time she wakes up until she goes to bed and so just uh you know enjoying each of those moments and in a really practical sense like just put the phone down Mm -hmm. like yes if we could just get rid of that distraction or screens whatever screens there are like we we have a general time every day where no screens are beyond a certain point and and uh those are the best moments um just a bedtime will sometimes take an hour and a half, and that's yeah. okay because, mm-hmm. well, yeah, everybody's tired. But, but those are good moments to read, to listen. That's mm-hmm. when you want to have they'll open their heart, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to conversations, things they've been carrying around for a week or two, and uh, that's where you get some really good moments to just speak into them. And mm-hmm. It's fun. I, I would want to say to all parents because I would want someone to say this to me is that you are doing a good job. Like if you're if you are implementing, you know, whatever you're doing, you're doing a good job. And it's easy in the day-to-day to feel defeated or thinking, why do all these people say my kid is so well-behaved, but then they come home with me and they're like, Rah! like a, you feel like they're terrors. And you realize it's because they love you so much and they feel so comfortable with you. Um, so to all you moms and dads, <laughs> you are doing a good job and uh, you have an important job and, and it's easy to get caught up in in the day-to-day and, and feel exhausted, but keep at it. Yeah, I think almost every single podcast, I share this quote because it's still one of my favorites, um, somebody instilled in me back early on um, where they said there's no such thing as a perfect parent, yeah. that we can only hope to be better tomorrow right. than we were today. So, yes, for sure. We talk about that a lot. You just hope to be better. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, um, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, thank you, listeners, for joining us today. We hope that you're having a fabulous day. And we hope that you will tune back in to Parenting on Purpose.